Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org slash Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert. So I had to like listen to Richard's. It's back when you had a Walkman, like a Sony Walkman, listening to the cassette, <laughs> yeah. trying to trying to get his music in my ear. I didn't ever have a chance to even practice it. I listened to it on the airplane. I got picked up in at uh, Tokyo Narita Airport, driven to the Tokyo Dome, and which looked like the Metrodome. It was a copy of the Metrodome. Sure, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. So we copied that, or did they? Copy yeah, it? I think. Well, same architect. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, I got driven to Soundcheck, did the show at Richard, and I went on about a two-month tour with him. I, that was pretty cool. So anyway, after Richard Marks. But prior to that, had you even, had when you got to Tokyo, did you know him already? Or? No, I'd never met him. I really didn't know anything about him. He, he was huge at that time. I found that out. <laughs> I found that out once once I got on stage. Welcome back, everybody. Dave Lee here with Davide Razo. Davide, our producer. Davide, great to see you again. Uh, good to see you. It's all brought to you by the Minnesota Propane Association, by Aquarius Home Services, by UCARE, by the Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, and by StarBank.net, our bank here at Top North. Uh, from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We have a very special guest, uh, Davide, you know uh, JP, or Jason uh, Peterson Delaire is the full oh, name. Yeah. That's the, that's his uh, a name that a lot of you will recognize musically. Uh, but he's kind enough to join us today. And uh, JP, thanks for coming in. Hey, fellas, how you guys doing this morning? Well, it's great to have you in town. I know you're touring a lot with Michael Bolton, and you're you were just, uh, in fact, I'm going to ask you about some of the exotic places that you were not too long ago. But the title of the show is always my first concert. You're a musician, accomplished, still going strong. However, what was your first concert? What's the first one you ever attended? My first big concert, I'll tell you, was 1980 at the Met Center. Uh, my mom and dad took me to hear the Doobie Brothers. Oh, my. Oh, nice. And, and I were... was about, I, well, I won't date myself. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was very young. But they were red hot. They were huge. And, you know, I think this was uh, pre-Michael McDonald. Okay, Doobie sure. Brothers. Wow. So, that, yeah, 1980. Did, I, it might have been 1979. Did your folks go with, or did they just drop you off? At the no, they brought, they brought me with. Uh, oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> I went with the folks. And one, one thing I vividly remember about that concert was just being in awe, first of all, of you know, the size of the crowd and the lights and, and the loud sound. And then there was another thing that was interesting to me. I remember asking my dad, I said, what is that smell? <laughs> <laughs> not sure you answered the question or not. But yeah, that would have been interesting yes. to hear the response. Are, are there any skunk in here somewhere? <laughs> yeah, What's exactly. Going on? <laughs> yeah, that's a first concert, though. That's kind of one of the things that we always remember. Big time, yeah, it's exciting. You, you know, know, in your in your years of performing with uh, Richard Marks or with Prince or with Michael Bolton, did you have you ever crossed paths with the Doobie Brothers? Uh, only uh, Michael McDonald. Okay, because Michael McDonald is a family friend of our, the Peterson family, and I've had the um, uh, the chance to meet him and have lunch with him, and he is just a otherworldly talent, obviously. But he's a really nice guy, too. Really love that guy. JP, when we come back, I want to ask you about what kind of got you intrigued to go into this business. And I know the family's sure. very musical, but I, I know you have an interesting story on that as well. So we'll come back in just a minute with 
Jason Peterson Delaire, JP, as all his friends know him. Uh, it's all brought to you today by our good friends out at the Chan Hessen Dinner Theaters. I want to mention the concert series. First of all, Jersey Boys is still going on the main stage. Michael Brindisi has done he's done a great job through these many years. Uh, this one might be right near the top of the list, and it is awesome. If you get a chance to get out and see that, go to ChanHassonDT.com and get your tickets. Also, as long as we're talking music, and we mentioned the Doobie Brothers here with JP, uh, here in the first weekend of November, they're doing a tribute to the Doobie Brothers out there at the Chanhassen Concert Series, which is a lovely uh, auditorium. It's small, it's compact, it's almost like you sit in somebody's living room and the, the acoustics are terrific. I know that because I've been there several times, many times actually. And so the show is called Taking It to the Streets, which is probably one of the songs they played when JP was there with mom and dad years ago at the Met Center. Uh, so that's one of the shows coming up. What would you say? It's an evening of Dave Matthews, and that's coming up with Wild Angels on the list for November, the Michael Jackson Family Review in November, Rainy Days and Mondays, a tribute to the music of the Carpenters, uh, One World, a tribute to Sting and the Police, a three tenor Christmas coming up uh, in, in November. Also, I want to mention, too, uh, Andy and Bing Christmas, which is very popular, and that's coming up in the December schedule. So what you want to do is go to ChanhassenDT.com, book some of those concerts, because they really are good, and they're fun. And again, you're going to love that hall where they play them. And again, the main stage, Jersey Boys, go to ChanhassenDT.com and get your tickets. And of course, Stevie Ray's Comedy Club is there, Brindisi's Pub, a lot of things happening at the Chanhassen. Very fun stuff. All right, Jason Peterson Delaire, JP is with us here, now playing with Michael Bolton. But let me ask you, so you're a young guy. Uh, your Uncle Paul is he is just not that much older than you, and he is playing with the time. And Prince, when Purple Rain hits, you're younger than him. But uh, tell us about that time period in your life. Is that what might have been? Uh, what I mean, you were musical already, but is that what kind of propelled you? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I was going to uh, Minneapolis North High School in, I guess, when did Purple Rain come out? 1984? 84, yes. 84. Uh, and I was involved in the concert band series. I played in a marching band. I used to play for the pep rallies for the football games and, you know, all the basic band stuff. But I can remember going to the Skyway movie theater downtown Minneapolis sure. on Hennepin yeah. with two of my very best friends. And I don't think we were supposed to go see Purple Rain. We might have been a, a little young because Prince was kind of naughty, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> anyway, I remember going to that movie and just my mind was so blown away seeing the whole experience of what Purple Rain was. And I can remember vividly from that moment watching that movie, looking at Prince and and the the music and going I want to do that period that's what I want to do it was and you know having my uncle Paul be in the movie I was like I kind of got like a little uh adjacent celebrity (laughs) because my uncle was in Purple Rain you know when I was walking around the halls at (laughs) at North High you know I I became pretty hip And, and then I used to steal my uncle Paul's suits that Prince <laughs> that Prince had made for him, and I can recall stealing this yellow suit. I don't know if he ever wore it in a video or anything that the time did, but I rocked it to um, my North High prom in 1987. <laughs> no kidding, with a crisp yellow suit. Oh my! With, with uh, Paul's white go-go boots. <laughs> Dave, can I tell a story about Paul's suit? Yeah. I don't think he will mind me telling the story. So, uh, If he does, you're going to hear about it, so don't worry <laughs> about for that. For sure. Uh, Paul and I uh, uh, kind of belong to this uh, runner's group called uh, uh, Geezers of Gear. And so we we used to, I mean, I think we still are uh, doing like a retreat uh, up at the, my buddy's, uh, Billy's cabin every year. So before the running season starts. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was like four or five years ago. We had one of those retreats and uh, Paul takes this suit with him and I did not recognize it first. And so like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, it was this orange 
like brown suit, kind of rust color. Right. I know the one. Uh, with, with the pinstripes. <laughs> yep. You know. Of course. So, and and I go like, Billy, Bill, uh, what's going on? Why, why is Paul bringing that suit? He said, tonight we're going to watch Purple Rain. <laughs> and he's going to wear that suit. Perfect. <laughs> I've, I vividly remember that suit up in Uncle Paul's closet at my Grandma Jeannie's house. He had he had the, the robe from the family, the group that he sang with, and the yellow suit that I kleptoed, and and his time suit. And You know where that ended up? The no. Yellow? Oh, his daughter, right? Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay has it, yes. So I want to get back to your date at the prom, and you're wearing this. Uh, did she match up with you, or what? What she wear? Well, I'll tell you what. I have the picture on my phone. <laughs> no I'll kidding. be happy to show you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she was wearing. Uh, I think she was wearing uh, sort of a burgundy dress. She looked beautiful. Her name was Julia, and uh, yeah, I think we clashed pretty pretty hard, but we looked good. You know, <laughs> I think we had a lot of haters that night. You know, at the prom. <laughs> I saw the picture you, you're talking you about. You know the one, yeah. And you're like, you have a nice mullet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That was that was absolutely mullet season. <laughs> We're talking 1987. <laughs> that was my, I'm going to pull this picture up for you. Kind of a Joe Dirt era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Somebody, but it's, it's, we, it's nice. It's I think we should bring the mullets back, man. Hey, although I can't grow hair like that anymore. So Hey, I'm trying. Look at that. That's why I got my cap on today, fellas. So then you would go on. Well, let me take a break. then, Because we'll, I want to ask you about, I mean, it's unbelievable. So you're at North. That's, of course, where Prince went. Uh, and you, you're rocking that suit for, that your brother had. And then eventually you go on to play with the guy. So I did. Hey, I, I want to ask you about that. Jason Peterson Delaire is with us right now. You'll see him if, uh, w when Michael Bolton's out on the road. Uh, JP is with him. Been with a lot of bands, including uh, accomplished people like Richard Marks and Donnie Osmond at one time and others as well. Uh, the show is uh, brought to you by our bank here, Talk North, starbank.net. So as you're looking for things financially, this is the place you want to go. There's second to nine. We've talked about uh, when you get a loan over there, when you apply for a loan. There's no red tape. There's no monkey business. Once you apply for that loan, submit documentation. Away you go. Yeah, they're pretty quick. Uh, and there's a lot of loans you can get out there. Might be thinking about an RV, I don't know, or a camper, or a vehicle, or a home mortgage, or a business loan, or an ag loan. That's how they started in the ag business here in Minnesota. So there's 10 banks now, including here in the metro. But uh, the same family owns it. They're amazing. They're uh, very friendly. So enough that they like to answer their own phone when it rings, which is something that might catch you off guard. At Starbank, uh, you can stop in. The cool part about that is you get to know them. They get to know you right away, I guarantee you. And then the other part is if you want to do the you know everything on the app, you can do that, of course, as well. At Starbank.net, that's the first place you go. Just learn about them. Stop in and visit them. See what you think about them. I'm pretty sure you're going to like them a lot. I know they're going to like you. So I would call your local star bank today or stop in at your convenience. Again, they've done a lot of things for a ton of communities here in Minnesota through these many, many, many years that they've been in business. So you'll pretty much call them your bank, probably start calling them your friends at some point as well. Loans are subject to a loan application and approval. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. And as I mentioned, they are our bank here at talknorth.com. By the way, you can get these a podcast downloaded uh, at uh, Apple, Spotify, at TalkNorth.com, wherever you get yours, and just subscribe, and then they just show up. Had some great guests here through the years, and now another one, uh, Jason Peterson Delaire, JP, as he is known uh, to his friends. Did you find that picture, by the way? I did. You ready? <laughs> I am ready, yeah. Right, brace yourself. <laughs> wow. Well, that is Mullet City. Look at that. Man, a lot. Yeah, I could see there must be some jealous um, prom goers looking at this outfit. Oh, yeah. That suit oh, fits yeah. you perfect, isn't it? If anyone, there was a time. Yeah, I'm not sure if my arm could get through those pants these If anyone days. is interested to see that picture, uh, please visit uh, J.P. Delaire uh, Facebook page. I'm sure it's posted somewhere there. It probably is somewhere. Yeah. Correct. So uh, the, you, you see Purple Rain. 
You guys go to the Skyway. Probably shouldn't have been there, but there you are. You see the movie. <laughs> Your uncle's in the band in the time. And eventually, crazy enough, you end up playing with Prince, right? I did. Um, I'll, I'm, I'll give you the progression of what happened from uh, me seeing Purple Rain. I finished high school. I went to one year of college at Augsburg, which was fun. And But I really wanted to pursue music. So... I had opportunity to get a scholarship. My uncle Billy, uh, whom you know, mm -hmm. actually helped me do uh, like a demonstration tape to send in for a scholarship at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. So I went to uh, out to Boston. I got a nice little scholarship and uh, went there for a year. So the summer after my first year at Berkeley, my uncle Paul had left the, the Prince camp and he had his own solo deal. And he had a manager at that time named Alan Kovac from Left Bank Management out in Hollywood. And my Uncle Paul called me and he said, hey, man, how would you like to go do this gig with this guy, this upcoming singer named Richard Marks? And I didn't really know about him, but I, I was in between, you know, my first and second years at Berkeley. And Paul and Richard had that same manager. That's the tie in there. So the guy, Alan Kovac, called Paul looking for a, a sub. So anyway, I got the call. I'd said, sure. And the next day, I'm on a plane to Tokyo. I never had heard this guy's music. This is a good story. So I had to, like, listen to Richard's. It's back when you had a Walkman, like a Sony Walkman, <laughs> listening to the cassette, yeah. trying to trying to get his music in my ear. I didn't ever have a chance to even practice it. I listened to it on the airplane. I got picked up in at uh, Tokyo Narita Airport, driven to the Tokyo Dome, and which looked like the Metrodome. It was a copy of the Metrodome. Sure, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. So we copied that, or did they? Copy yeah, it? I think. Well, same architect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, I got driven to Soundcheck, did the show at Richard, and I went on about a two month tour with him. I, that was pretty cool. So anyway. After Richard Marks. But prior to that, had you even, had when you got to Tokyo, did you know him already? Or? No, I'd never met him. I really didn't know anything about him. He, he was huge at that time. I found that out. <laughs> I found that out once once I got on stage. There was about, you know, 20,000 people in the Tokyo Dome. I'm like, oh, boy. And I was 19 at the time. Well, how did you rehearse for that first show, or when did you rehearse? I had a little bit of time in soundcheck, and yeah. it was showtime. Yeah. Well, you got to be a good musician to pull that off. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to say it, but you have to have some talent to well, do Well, it was kind of baptism by fire, for wow. sure. Were you? How nervous were you? Uh, probably pretty nervous, <laughs> from what I remember. And I'm sure not ready for that, but, you know, just like, Anything you you need experience in whatever field it is, so you can understand what it is and and grow within it. Whether it's sports or you know music or whatever it is, you need to get the toe in the water, right? Yeah. So anyway, after Richard Marks, that that lasted a couple months, and uh, then I I started. I never went back to Berkeley, and I remember my uncle Billy was pissed off at me because he, he you know he yeah. he. He's like, I know you got this great music in you. You should be at Berkeley. Yeah. But I had already gotten the taste of being a professional. And, yeah. You know, at like 19, I'm making a couple grand a week. I'm like, this is pretty good. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after that, the next chapter was I was uh, offered. Uh, Kathy Sachs is a family friend of ours, and she was living in Palm Springs. And she had some buddies out there at the La Quinta Resort, which was a. Uh, it's still going. It's a beautiful place. Uh, it's a Waldorf Astoria resort, and they needed a sax player singer to come and join this band in one of the lounges there. So I did that in 90, and then I went back again in 91. I had my own place out there. It was really cool. And then yeah, in at that age, wow. At that age, yeah. It was, a, it was a great experience. I was playing and singing six nights a week the old house gig like we used to have out on the strip you know what i mean yeah where musicians could work in a band five six nights a week so anyway while i was out there a buddy of mine named jamie Chez put my name in the ring for uh prince wanted to create another band 
at Paisley Park besides his band, which was called the NPG in 91. Yep. He wanted a, a house band that could be at the ready for any artist that he might want to put that new band, the Paisley Park house band, together to go do some shows. So Craig Rice was tasked. Do you know who Craig Rice is? He's Craig, a great no. filmmaker from Minneapolis. Craig Rice was tapped to put that band together. And somehow I got, well, my buddy Jamie Ches recommended me. I got a call while I was doing my other thing in Palm Springs. And I got flown to Minneapolis. And suddenly I'm working for Prince. <laughs> Just like that, 1991. And then, so the band was, we would do some shows at his old club, Glam Slam. You know, playing some George Clinton stuff or whatever it was. But Prince had us at this studio on Nicollet Avenue. I'm not sure if it's still there. It's it's called Old Arizona. I think it's just no, a couple blocks from here. We talked about that with who? Uh, I think with um, uh, not uh, with Eric Leeds. We talked about that. Okay, yeah. it was a now cool place. So so anyway, I was in there with with the band. It was uh, Morris Hayes was in the band who was Prince's keyboard yep. player for 20 years. Anyway, Prince walked in one day to rehearsal with this beautiful girl and we're like oh boy and and he looked at us and he said y'all are going to be her band now and it was carmen electra no kidding you know the baywatch oh dennis rodman's dennis rodman's <laughs> wife or whatever and yeah it was uh <clears throat> anyway she was gorgeous and we're like word man that sounds good <laughs> so anyway prince then then he started bringing us out to paisley with that band backing up Carmen Electra and putting the show together out at the Paisley soundstage. And then he invited us to go on the uh, Diamonds and Pearls tour in 1992. Mm. And that was a, a mind-blowing experience. Just because I loved Prince, I wanted to be involved somehow, you know, from, from back when I had seen Purple Rain, and then it came to be. And mm. I, I got to live that dream out. It was very cool. What was that tour like? It was cool. We did a couple months in Europe. Um, it was great for me because we'd play about a half hour <laughs> <laughs> and then get to watch Prince rock every night. Yeah. And I can remember the guy I mentioned that helped me get that gig. Uh, he's since passed away. His name was Jamie Ches, dear friend of our families. And we were sitting, we, I think we were in Belgium possibly. And, it was kind of like the sun was setting. It was probably like 9.30. It had this like purple, pink hue of mm. the sunset. And you could hear Prince playing his section of the show. And purple rain was wafting out. We were kind of by the loading dock. And, and I looked at my buddy. I said, we're on tour with Prince, man. <laughs> it was just like a aha moment. We, were, oh, we couldn't believe it. So yeah, how could it not be? It was an amazing dream come true experience. For Back sure. to Carmen Electra. Yes. You're an accomplished musician. I'm sure all the band was. Yes. What What, what was her pedigree for, for music? What, was she easy to work with? Was she a good person? Was she a good singer? I mean, I, you know, I think more of her, I guess, as a model and as an actress. Sure. Uh, which, yeah, I think obviously she got more fame. Doing mm -hmm. the actress and and yeah. modeling pinup girl or whatever you want to say it. Um, she wasn't really a singer. She was a dancer and a rapper. Uh, so yeah, it was a it wasn't really interesting set. I think she had a a stripper pole on on the on her set. That was part of you know yeah it was entertainment. Right? Yes, yeah she was she was absolutely she's still beautiful but. We're talking, she was probably 19. Wow. Yeah. At the time. And Prince, you know, we were all on the tour bus together, and Prince would have her in like silk uh, pajamas, and she'd get out of the bunk. And we'd be like, oh, hey, good morning. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Try to hit the coffee machine. So it was, it was just fun, you know, very, very fortunate to get a chance to do that. Oh, yeah. And at that age, right. I mean, man, you were. All downhill since then. <laughs> Come on, no. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about since then here in just sure. a minute uh, with uh, Jason Peterson, Delaire JP, as many of you know him, of course. Uh, and you can also check him out. We'll get uh, all the things there for you on the, on the websites and where you can go to find out where they're going to be playing next with Michael Bolton or whoever it might be. The other thing I want to talk about uh, today is 
Our good friends over at AquariusHomeServices.com. we got winter closing in on us right now. And the last thing you want, pardon expression, but is to be left in the cold. But it happens, and that's why I reached out to Aquarius Home Service like I do every year. Uh, and they dispatched a skilled technician to come out and perform a furnace tune-up. I do it every year with them. It's just what I needed. That's who I bought my furnace from, by the way, in the first place. But professional, they're knowledgeable, they're efficient. Man, are they efficient. And the uh, technician prepped uh, on the furnace for the impending cold snap. Got everything taken care of. Five-star furnace tune-up. That's the experience that you're going to have. And it's a comprehensive evaluation of your entire heating system. And I know a lot of us sit out there and say, I don't know if I want to look at it because I might need a new one. You don't want to fool around with this. And they'll share everything. Any questions you have, they answer them with a smile. And the best part right now is you're going to save 100 bucks on this essential service. Aquarius ensures transparency. they got the upfront pricing and even um, offers their no breakdown guarantee. So I wouldn't gamble with winter comfort because when it happens, it's all of a sudden you're going, oh my. I'd get your furnace to top shape with Aquarius Home Service today. I tell you this because I've known them for over two decades and they're fantastic at what they do. Uh, they believe in earning the right to be recommended. And you'll learn that right away too. But uh, do the exploration. Find out about them. I know you're going to walk away impressed. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Jason Peterson Delaire is with us. Tours with Michael Bolton. So the Prince thing, Carmen Electra, I mean, what an experience. So then how do you move on from that? What happens? What takes you to the next level? So that gig kind of went away. And I think that corresponded with uh, Prince kind of breaking up or not being together with Carmen as, as yeah. a female love interest, mm -hmm. right? So that went away. I opened a studio in Minneapolis with... Um, my buddy Jamie Chez that I mentioned before, we had a studio right off of Lake Street and I think Third. It was a it was Dunlop Tire, and then there was office spaces up above that. So we did that for a while. I learned about credit then, <laughs> uh, because you know after I started working for Prince, I'm like, okay, I got it made. So yeah. I, I bought a couple pieces of uh, equipment on credit, and then the job went away and the income went away so i that's when i learned about <laughs> credit <laughs> true story so anyway did that for a while i was playing gigs around minneapolis there were a lot of great places to play because i i could go do like a solo piano voice gig uh played some different places in town the living room uh mm -hmm. was one that i used to play at uh sanford moore used to hire me to come down there for oh, more sure. by four yeah and uh, I guess the next thing that would have happened, uh, my buddy Roger Troutman Jr. Um, had me come in and be involved with this play that uh, it was Alexander O'Neill, Shirell. It was Jerome Benton's play. Who Jerome was in the time, and it's he was Terry Lewis's brother, the, the great producers, Jimmy Jam and Terry mm -hmm. Lewis, from town who did janet jackson's rec big records and yep. anyway i did this play for a little bit and then that's how i got to know jimmy jam and terry lewis because terry was financing jerome benton's play and then jimmy and terry invited me to become a part of this band that was on their perspective uh records label named solo and solo had a you know i think they had a number one uh, adult contemporary hit called uh heaven and on that tour, because of the juice that Jam and Lewis had at that time, they got us an opening act slot with Michael Bolton. <laughs> and so this was 1996. We were touring Europe opening for Michael Bolton. And it was a, a very similar thing to when I was with Prince. We'd play 20, 30 minutes, get to hang out, watch the masters do their thing and go, okay, I feel like hanging at the front of house now. Oh, here's my pass. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> go hang out by the monitor world or, you know, it was just, just a lot of freedom and, you know, not too much pressure. You'd have your little bit uh, of the show that you did. But anyway, that's how I initially got to know Michael Bolton, um, 96. So something happened before Michael Bolton came back around. So I met Michael then. But my Uncle Paul had been on the Donnie and Marie TV show. Yeah. And he lived with Donnie for a while, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> the Donnie's a great guy. Love that guy. 
Uh, I actually did a stint in his band in 1989, a very short stint, but around the Richard Marks, that was another one of the, you know, opportunities I had as a very young man to do. Um, So anyway, Paul was on his TV show. Donnie was going to put another album out and do his own tour. Now, Jill Willis, this name, uh, she's a wonderful friend of our family. She was managing Prince at the time I was working for Prince. She then became Donnie Osmond's manager. And in about 2001, I got a phone call from my Uncle Paul that he was going to be Donnie's music director. He said, hey, man, you want to come and play keyboards with Donnie Osmond? We're going to do this tour over to the UK. And I was like... I don't know, man. I, you know, <laughs> I, you know, cause I didn't know if I could do it. Right. And, uh, I called Paul back about 10 minutes later and said, yeah, I want to do it. So I got the music. We we're gonna, we we're gonna, this is funny. Paul said, Hey, we should get together and run the stuff. And okay. I thought I had it together. <clears throat> Paul counted it off. One, two, three, four, and it's just a train wreck. He's like, oh, boy. Because <laughs> his his neck is yeah. on the line for putting me up for the gig, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, boy. <laughs> he, he was. It's a tr- true story. So anyway, I I hold up at my grandma Jeannie's house in Ridgefield for about two weeks solid learning that music. I was very dedicated. Paul helped me get it together. I got it together. Donnie came into town, and the the great producer, the legend, uh, Phil Ramone, produced that album. Wow. Oh, wow. And so Phil Ramone came in and ran rehearsals. So I had a chance to work with Phil Ramone, Donnie Osmond. That was a whole new chapter. God. Yeah. And so anyway, come, so we did that for about seven years, but around 2003, um, going back to my Berkeley days, a dear friend of mine named Dave DeLome, who he ended up, he toured with Eric Clapton, great yep. keyboard player. And uh, he was on the Tonight Show band with Ricky Minor and Jay Leno. Anyway, he put, he had been in Michael's band at that time. I'm talking about 2003. So their sax player, Scott Mayo, was leaving to pursue other things. And I got that opportunity. So he put my name in the hat and all of a sudden I got a call. Sent in, uh, you know, a demo reel. My uncle helped me put that together. And then Michael Bolton heard it. The funny thing about that story is we made the edit. Paul helped me do it on Pro Tools, like little snippets of me playing and a mm-hmm. bio and all that. Sent it FedEx from Paul. He, you know, he was fancy. He had FedEx come to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so it got sent out. And when it was time for Michael to review the position for the new sax player somehow my FedEx package was the only one that made it to Michael Bolton's desk. <laughs> okay. No choice. <laughs> and he listened Fake. to it. He said, yeah, this guy's all right, man. Let's give him a shot. So he gave me a shot in 2003. And, uh, I have been working with Michael Bolton since 20 years of an amazing, <laughs> Bolton world experience. I mean, he's brought me to 102 countries oh boy. playing. We just played the Hollywood Bowl a month ago. We just played the Acropolis. How was that? It's all mind boggling. It, it really is. It's unreal. Um, That's all I can say. It's, it's mind boggling. What are you going to say? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the Hollywood Bowl is one thing. And then, and then let's go to the Acropolis. And, you know, Michael yeah. Bolton, you know, you have to remember how, and I think I forget this, but there was a time where he was the king yeah, in the music business. I'm not sure what year that would have been, 89, 90. Yep, that's he was band, winning, yeah. you know, Grammys and, you know, Time, Love and Tenderness, his, his big album sold 28 million copies, mm. which I don't think is possible in today's industry. You know, Adele. Well, you've seen a change. You, you young enough to come in and all of a sudden see all of the change to digital. And yeah, Napster. Yeah, yeah, Napster. <laughs> Napster killed us. Yeah, Metallica and Napster. Remember yeah, that? right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he. I mean, it it continues to be uh, kind of an unbelievable ride that he has provided. 
not only making a living, getting to play piano and sing and play my sax, but but more than that, the just the life experience of getting a chance to see all these places in the world. And it's still going. We're going to Abu Dhabi in January. And, uh, you know, I think he, that's what Michael Bolton does. He's a singer and a performer, and that's his sense of what he offers the world. So I don't. And still loyal loyal fans. Very. As you know. Very. You know. He's got the best fans. He really does. And a good guy. He's been a great guy. Yeah. He really has. The Hollywood Bowl, what's that like to play? You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of heady just because of the history there to get an opportunity. I mean, it's, it's like getting a chance to do something iconic that you've heard about forever. Uh, so it was cool. I mean, it, we had 15,000 people there. We did, a, we did a coal headline bill with Air Supply. So it's hmm. Air Supply, Michael Bolton, big hair. No, <laughs> there was lots of hair still going, but no, it was like an '80s party. Or you what's know? left? What's well, yeah. like me. Once again, I got the cap on, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Air Supply, really nice guys. Michael's uh, background vocalist named Ashley Lockheed is actually married to Air Supply's keyboard player. Oh, crazy! Mirko, he's an mm. Italian guy great player um so i think they're talking about doing some more because it's a nice co-headline it kind of hits that nostalgia era yeah, oh for sure for people oh, yeah. what's the nicest venue or the the most memorable venue that you've played i would have to say royal albert hall mm. in london and why you played that i've played that about 15 times oh my god <laughs> and, and that's another one that is just it's mind-boggling when you think about the history that has happened on that stage. Huh. I mean, the Beatles were there, Sinatra, Jimi Hendrix, Winston Churchill gave speeches there. It's one of those places that you walk in and you have reverence for, and it just puts you kind of in a nervous headspace, a sure. little bit, it kind of like a healthy nervousness. Yeah. Um, so like an athlete, once the game starts, you're okay? Once the concert definitely. starts, I'm Okay. Yeah, it, it turns into just the work. Yeah. And if you've practiced the work, you just go through it and you do the show. But definitely pre-show jitters in a place like that. Yeah. Uh, that that would be probably that for me, Royal Albert wow. Hall. I can't imagine. But in your case, now keyboard, saxophone, I mean, how did you decide? Where, you're still doing both or, you're, or do you do uh, one? I am. I am. I am. Uh, I started playing, I was going to school in New York as a kid. I was in kindergarten and I took piano lessons just for a short time. So I, I guess I would say piano was my first instrument. Mm -hmm. um, and then I picked up uh, saxophone at, I was going to Lincoln Elementary School, which is in North Minneapolis. And you got to fifth grade and you were able to pick your instrument. And I, I told my mom, I remember saying, Mom, I'm get to play in the band. I'm going to play drums. She's like, oh, no. No, you're not. No, no, no. So she said, you know what? You should play the saxophone. The girls really like the saxophone. Well, there you go. And I'm like 10 years old. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I just want to bang on the drums. But anyway, I listened to Mom. I don't think I had a choice. So I, st I started Pretty playing. Pretty sure you didn't, yeah. I started playing the saxophone, um, you know, doing the John Philip Sousa and, you know, just learning concert band. And then we I had a great teacher there um, named Tom Wells. And Tom is still playing with the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. He was my high school band instructor. Wow. Um, but he had a really unique take on it because we had a small jazz ensemble where he would break out what's called the real book, which is basically just chord changes and melodies to these songs, like a Duke Ellington song or whatever. But he was big on letting us improvise. So that was a great place to start that. And then shortly thereafter, maybe when I was about 13, I started getting interested in playing piano. Um, I come from a long line of really good piano players. Mm -hmm. um, my mom, my, my, all, my, all my uncles, my grandmother, everybody really is a good piano player. So 
I like to tell people I started at the Peterson School of Music, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, you really did. I, I truly did. So anyway, from there, I've, I've kept up on the saxophone, the piano playing, singing, uh, doing some writing. I've had some uh, smooth jazz releases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a little producing, a little writing, and but mostly performing is how I've, how I've made my bones, you know. And it, it, you go back to those days at North High when you decided, you know, I'd like to pursue this thing that like Prince is doing. Has it turned out the way you thought it would? Is it better than you thought it would or it was going to be? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> it's exactly how it was supposed to go, mm. in, in my opinion. But it wasn't how I planned any of it to go. Like, it's funny how life takes you on a journey like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, with the exception of Prince, because I, I was just infatuated by the, the whole Minneapolis sound explosion. That was something I wanted to do. But other opportunities that have come to my life, I had no, um, no notion of even happening, right? Like Richard Marks. I didn't even know who Richard Marks was. <laughs> Donny Osmond. Um, just out of the blue and it turned into be just such a great thing. And, and really Michael Bolton, like that was nowhere on the radar no. in my mind. And that he's turned out to be the most, um, pivotal boss, I guess, of my entire life, just because of the, the reach of what I've been able to do with him. So uh, does that kind of answer? Yo, where yeah, yeah. So I, what's I, coming up next for you? Are, are you? Do you got anything coming out? Anything cooking that people should know about? I do. I have a I have a new single that's going to come out in February to, for the smooth jazz genre. Um, one of my songs that that came out in 2021 uh, did really well, made the Billboard charts, and it got picked up by a serious radio on Watercolors, which is a big their big smooth jazz yep. show. So we're going to go for it again and let the radio promoters fire it out there. Uh, that uh, This song I wrote with uh, Michael's old, um, I should say former, he ain't old, he's not old, former musical director named Chris Camozzi. So we've teamed up again. We're going to put a single out to radio February. Uh, next year, well, December, we've got the Peterson Family Christmas Show that we've done for like 900 years yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Dakota, and that's always really fun. I've got a few, a little bit of um, Michael Bolton Christmas touring to do, we're, and then we're continuing the the nonstop Michael Bolton World Tour. We're going to Abu Dhabi, and then we have a bunch of stuff earlier um you know, early next year, first half of the year is looking nice already. So we'll just get back, get the suitcase packed and get back on the road and make a few bucks. And that's kind of the plan in the, yeah. in the short term. Well, I'm guessing you know how to pack a suitcase. I do. I do know. <laughs> I do. I've had a little experience doing that. All right. Well, uh, JP, think about this. We'll take one more break and come back and okay. excluding the people you've played with. But I want you to think of if you were to set up a three uh three person or a three band concert whatever it might be who would those three people be that you'd put up on stage that you'd like to see or like to even play with or think about that excluding anybody you have played with so oh. and alive or not doesn't matter i'm just just curious what you what you think it's always fun to hear musicians take on that he is uh, Jason Peterson Delaire, JP, as many know him. And uh, again, oh, I, I got to get your website though. Where can they go to to learn more about the music and stuff? Uh, I, you know what, I've been using this thing called Linktree. Linktree, okay, yeah, it's kind of like a mobile website. So if if they go to Linktree, uh, just put in Jason Peterson Delaire, and that's got all my social media stuff, all the links to my music, um, Twitter. Twitter is kind of funny these days, man. Yeah, you get some random cats. It's actually yeah. pretty entertaining, though. <laughs> so anyway, at Linktree, uh, Jason Peterson Delaire would be the best. Okay, now think about those that concert I will. That, that, that that would be your concert to to host. Hey, are you prepared for power outages at your home or business? We see them. We've seen them this summer. We may see them this winter. Hope not, but it could happen. And the North American Electric Reliability Corporation has issued its highest alert ever. So something to be aware of. 
That brings us to the Minnesota Propane Association, who wants you to know that installing a propane generator is going to ensure that peace of mind when the power goes out, because that's exactly when we need it. The power goes out, and you, you're thinking, oh, oh, now what happens? This is why we tell you about the, the same propane that powers your generator can also power all the major appliances right in your house, in your home, with on-site stored energy, independent of the what is now famously known as the grid, right? I mean, we're all aware of it, but you don't have to worry about that in this case. Installing propane appliances instead of electric appliances in your home or business is going to also reduce the size and cost of a generator as well. So imagine running all your gas appliances at one time versus picking and choosing which electric ones you'd have to run during the power outage. And we, unfortunately, we do know about power outages, and they happen. Uh, and whenever they happen, we don't want it to happen. It's always inconvenient. So it's reliable, it's affordable, it's safe. It's called propane. You've heard about it. But you may not know all the benefits of it, and that's why that website is so educational. The Minnesota Propane Association, a proud sponsor of this show, and to find out more about the generators we're talking about and propane appliances, all you have to do is go to propane.com. It's that simple. All right, uh, JP, I've got to ask you about uh, if you were to put a show on, excluding anybody you've played with, and that's a lot of famous people, but who would you, who would you put up on stage? whether it was at Royal Albert Hall or the Hollywood Bowl or at the Acropolis, wherever it would be. Okay, I've got an idea. Can we make it four or has it got to well, be no, three? No, well, you, well, go ahead. <laughs> we'll, Davide and I'll be the judge if we want that fourth one or not. Okay. Let's do yeah. four. Let's do the Because <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. tough. But yeah, it's a hard question. It is. I've got three, but I'd like to make it four if possible. Well, let's, let, let's yeah, go. Okay, let's, let's start with the three. The ticket just got a little more expensive. That's yeah. yeah, well, we're promoting though, right? Yes, so that, absolutely. That could be a good thing. I, I'm going to start with John Coltrane. Oh, okay. Miles Davis and Frank Sinatra. Wow. And then the bonus number four, if we can get him, would be Jimi Hendrix. Oh, oh my! Wow. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about that show? I, the, Holy the, yeah, that's. I would buy a ticket to that show. Yeah, I think. Ticketmaster would blow up again. That's going to be like a $10,000 ticket right there. Wouldn't that be a nice yeah, ticket? It, uh, you know, but, what's, uh, what's interesting is that you, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I got to sit and think about it, but your uncle, Billy, who was with us last week, of course, we talked about the blood yeah. on the tracks with Bob Dylan, right? which if you haven't heard it, folks, it's a, it's a wonderful story. He picked two of those same people, didn't he? Yes. Yes, he that's did. wild. Coltrane and Miles. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, uh -huh. that's. It's in the family. Yeah. Well, the reason <laughs> I picked those three and four is just the impact they had in jazz. I mean, Coltrane, monster. Miles, oh. monster. But then Frank Sinatra was a whole different side. He was he was the singing side of jazz and the chairman of the board. What a powerful you know, fixture in pop culture, he was, and music. And then Hendrix. I mean. You know, when when I work with uh, my clients uh, as a music producer, we, we do something similar. Uh, we always ask our clients, what are the 10 songs you wish you wrote? Which tells me as as a music producer, were your musical hardest? This question to me is is the same, and uh, it tells me that you are very heavily influenced by jazz. And I know a little bit. Uh, I know you a little bit privately too, and mm -hmm. I think your dad mm -hmm. was a huge big time jazz guy, right? Big time. Yeah, we we had a lot of. Uh avant-garde one of the first ooh. well we, we were talking big concert but around that time my pop took me to hear ornette coleman at the old guthrie theater uh i don't know if you guys know who ornette coleman is did you he, want to go when dad brought it up sure yeah. i got to go watch you know watch a concert i think i was about 10 similar time frame yeah uh but he was he a very avant-garde saxophone player mm-hmm um so that yeah to answer your question yes there was there was definitely some yep. 
you know, a different side because the Peterson family, you know, my grandma Jeannie was, you know, kind of classic jazz, Duke Ellington, um, you know, because we worked. We wanted to make a living. We were playing the tunes that people wanted to hear. But there's a whole nother side of jazz that, and my Uncle Billy's way heavy off into the avant-garde stuff and straight ahead jazz might be a better way to say it but if you if you had that concert going back to that for a minute uh and you mentioned royal albert hall which made you think about what venue would you have that performed at with your vast experience in Mm. all these beautiful facilities with those cats yeah or would you put it in a little place like the guthrie or something like that I think, well, it's got to be big enough because I think quite a few people, and we want to make money. We're promoters. <laughs> right, yeah. So why don't we say. The Sphere in Vegas. Why don't we say Wembley Arena? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. my. Yep. 65, 70,000. Yep. Let's do that. Okay. Done deal. We got to pay some bills, right? <laughs> yeah. We can handle all that credit we had to learn about finally. <laughs> Right on. Hey, JP, thanks for stopping by. I know you got a busy schedule. Uh, you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but congrats on the success. It's really been, uh, it's been a, a great ride, and you got a lot left. That's the cool part. Thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure being here with you and Davide, and fun to talk about this stuff. Great. Thanks Thank you. Thanks for coming in, and thanks for sharing your uh, contribution to the Minnesota music history. You guys are a history, and I'm, I'm so glad that uh, – you sharing that and i was telling paul the other day actually yesterday i worked with him yesterday and uh uh there's so much history in this town and in this state that uh, i think that this needs to be shared and uh absolutely people need to know what was going on and uh, we're trying right dave Mm -hmm. uh to get this out well, thank you both for documenting this and giving us an opportunity to tell these stories. I mean, yep. that it's nice to be able to put it down on tape, so to speak, and and get your thoughts down. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you guys. Yeah. Well, it isn't I, I don't think either one of us is working. This <laughs> no. is just this is this is really fun to do it, and I appreciate you coming over, JP. Again, thanks for stopping by you bet thanks and, dave and have a great trip to abu dhabi can't wait abu to hear about dhabi. that one yeah the timberwolves just were over there so yeah <laughs> have to talk to cat about how that went oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I'm, that i'm sure they'd love to talk about that experience it was really unique and I, and they won both games uh, Davide, great to see you as yeah. always I'll great see to you. see you you know i'm I'm taking off Thursday. I'm going to leave you for a little bit. and uh, You're going to go, go somewhere and speak your native tongue. You're yes, going to be I'm in Italy. Yes, I'm going to Italy and, uh, to be with my wife. She's already there and uh, hopefully make more connections for her business. So, well, well, we'll just expect you to bring back some of those good, rich oh. Italian chocolates mm-hmm. on your way home. Oh, yeah. Or the what, wine, or whatever you decide. Wine, yeah, what day do you get back? <laughs> put a note in my phone. I'll be back on the 23rd. <laughs> he is Jason Peterson Delaire. JP, as many of you know him. Davide Razo, our producer here. Dave Lee on my first concert. We're back again next week. Again, thanks to everybody involved here with the Minnesota Propane Association, the Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, uh, Starbank.net, UCARE. Of course, folks at UCARE, very busy time of year for them as well, and, and a good time of year to get to know them. And Aquarius Home Services from the AquariusHomeServices.com studios. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next week on My First Concert. Download it anywhere you can get your podcasts.